CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey everybody, welcome into Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash, CPA and CFP from Donald W. Cash and Associates. With me once again to talk investing, finance, and retirement, and little-known tax deduction for your Valentine is the conversation piece this week. Uh, so would you send something out that says, uh, be my little tax deduction time? <laughs> I don't know if that would work well or not, <laughs> but it's possible. What's going on, my friend? It's that busy time of the year. Uh, you know, the groundhog did not see a shadow, which everybody's kind of geeked about, early spring. Super Bowl just happened at the time we're taping this, and Valentine's Day is, uh, I think, when we're dropping this podcast. So, how you doing? Uh, good. Yeah, indeed. Busy, busy, right? I mean, uh, a lot going on this week. And speaking of Groundhog Day, the show that we did uh, two weeks ago. Right. Right. We did that on the how Groundhog Day is like financial planning. I watched the uh, movie that night, by the way, too. You did. A lot of yeah. fun, right? Yeah. But the show that we did on that topic had like a huge number of listeners that day. So it was, the day it was released, it was on Groundhog Day. So people love the movie and apparently that day too. Very nice. Uh, yeah. We didn't mention on this in the show, but get this. I just read about something called the Groundhog Stock Market Indicator, Mark. Uh, okay. And it says that in the years that Puckstony Phil does not see his shadow, that's like the early spring. Which is this year. Okay. Yeah. That the S and P five hundred is up way more than when he predicts six more weeks of winter. So, <laughs> you know, of course, this is a meaningless statistic. Don't go out there and buy more stocks now. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I see a lot of um, you know memes with a little groundhog and it's like holding a sign and it says, "I am not a meteorologist." Now they'll have to make one that says, "I am not a financial advisor" as well, right? Uh, just because the groundhog uh, sees some of that stuff. It's always funny how we can find these interesting little facts and factoids and kind of plug things in the way we want to. Uh, it still makes for fun, though. Uh, so tons of indicators uh, about this time of the year. There's so many of these kinds of things. And of course, you know, the Super Bowl as well, right? Yeah, actually, just like the Groundhog Day, there's one indicator uh, related to the Super Bowl. It says that if the AFC wins, mm -hmm. we're going to have a bad stock market over the Oh, next see, now year. we got conflicting, right? Because that's what yeah. happened. So the Groundhog says good and the AFC wins says bad. Yeah, this weekend the Kansas City Chiefs beat the that was the AFC team. Right. Beat the San Francisco 49ers of the NFC and now we have this mm. uh, turmoil between the groundhog and the Super Bowl indicator. Maybe we need to let them duke it out. Uh, we'll we'll have the groundhog and <laughs> uh and Patrick Mahomes uh, go one on one and we'll see who you, wins. <laughs> you know, it's funny about the Super Bowl and the indicators and all these numbers and here's a funny example how random and unpredictable these events work. Okay. So my my wife Kathy made a donation to a charity that put her name in uh, a random box of like a hundred Super Bowl score results. Have you ever seen these things? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, it's one of these things where you have uh, two teams, right? Uh, with the, each team gets a number between zero and nine mm -hmm. assigned for their respective score results, and whoever gets the numbers correct would win. Okay. So uh, typically, since football scores are either three points or seven points, you get scores like 28, 21, sure, right? Sure. And you would want these numbers to be eight and one or like three and zero, right? Mm -hmm. So the way it works with these box of a hundred numbers is they assign you just random numbers for both teams, you know, the chiefs and the 49ers in this case. So Kathy, my wife got the numbers five for Kansas city and two 
for San Francisco. <laughs> and they're like just terrible numbers for football games. In fact, I looked this up. The, the numbers five and two are the least probable numbers. <laughs> oh yeah. For, for any football score. Because you need two safeties up. and a two safeties and a field goal to get that number. So yeah. It's typically, but wouldn't you know the game ended with a score of twenty-five to twenty-two and Kathy won the pool with the worst numbers. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So you're sitting there thinking, oh man, this is terrible. That it just kind of worked out fairly well. It goes to show these results are random and definitely totally unpredictable. You know, it's funny. We totally forgot about the donation to the charity. And I got a text last night because uh, as we record the show, it's Monday. Right. Uh, like around 1130. And I was, I said, what is this? You won. What does that mean? You won. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, unpredictable and random, just like the stock market. Exactly. All right. Well, let's talk about our topic here. This week is Valentine's Day. So we're dropping the podcast. Uh, we're shooting to drop this on Wednesday instead of our normal Thursday. Uh, so we're going to talk about a tax deduction you can make for your Valentine before April 15th. So what is this, Don? Tell, lighten us up here. All right, so I find that on the actual Valentine's Day, Mark, you may want to stick with romance and not bring this up. So but, you know, it, so you, be, my, be my little tax deduction is not that great? Is that what you're saying? It's not really romantic. Let's put it that way. Okay. But consider this before April 15th, right? And it's called a spousal IRA contribution. Okay, so last week there was an article in the Wall Street Journal about this. And I was speaking with a, a writer, Wall Street Journal writer, who was looking for some expert contribution for this article they were writing on the subject. And it just came out last week. All right. So that's pretty cool. So let's put it, oh, by the way, give me that link, right? We'll put that link up for the article as well. So how does the spousal IRA differ from the normal IRA contribution? All right. So great question. So here are some basics on the IRA contributions, right? If you're over age 50, you can contribute up to $7,500 per person to an IRA, but you need what's called earned income of at least that amount to make the deduction. Right? Okay. So if you're under age 50, the contribution limit is $6,500. So earned income is income from wages or self-employment. It's not dividend interest or capital gains income. Right. So that's got to be clear. Mm -hmm. So if you're married, there's a way around this earned income rule. Okay. So there's two uh, limits to know about. One is the contribution limit and the other is the income limit. So we just mentioned the contribution limits based on your age, right? If you're under or over age 50, that's right. that $7,500 or $6,500 amount. And for many people, um, there are typically also income limits for the deduction. So let's say if you're earning $250,000 from a job and you have a 401k, you or your spouse can't take the IRA deduction. And we can put up a link for those. Uh, the key is that if the spouse with working income actively participates in a workplace plan, like a 401k mark, mm -hmm. the income limits get a bit complicated, the rules. So well, like I said, we'll put up a link for that on the show notes. Okay. So speaking of the workplace plan, um, don't most people who work for a company make their contributions at work with the 401k, right? Instead of an IRA. So, I mean, I know that they're starting to do the Roth and stuff now, but ideally it's still a 401k. It, it is. And you could do both, but it's typically a 401k because the 401k contribution limit for 2023 is $30,000 if you're over age 50. 
And there's not any income limits with that, like with the IRA. Okay. Uh, but keep in mind that the 401k contribution, it's only for the person who's working with earned income, not for the spouse. And in addition, you'd have to have made that contribution by December 31st of last year, right, for it to apply for mm-hmm. 2023. And the, the reality is the window for taking most deductions for 2023 slams shut by December 31st of every year, right? So for the IRA contributions, there may still be time to make that contribution before April 15th for you and your spouse and take the deduction for the 2023 tax return. Okay. So let me be clear here. Let me try to clean this up a little bit for me and our listeners. So the 401k contribution for 2023 would need to have been done by December 31st of this past year, 23. But there is still time to make the contribution by April 15th of this year and still get the deduction, correct? That's right. Correct. Right. So uh, just to make sure that was a good point to summarize. So here's where the the Valentine's Day gift comes in for your spouse. That's okay. the the spousal IRA contribution. You know, many spouses take time off from work to care for, you know, either an ill family member or raise kids, or one spouse just simply decides to retire earlier than the working spouse, right? right. So we have a lot of clients where one spouse retires at age 55 or 60, sometimes even younger, and the other wants to work as long as possible into their 60s or 70s. The tax code allows the spouse who does not have earned income to make a contribution to an IRA for themselves based on the income of the working spouse. Yeah, almost sounds like the spousal uh, Social Security benefit, right? Where if one spouse does not have much of a historical work record, uh, he or she can benefit from the work history of the other. Is that comparable? Yeah, that's a, a really a, actually a nice comparison. Okay. So can you give us a little bit of a breakdown on how that would work? Yeah. So here's an example. I have a client who works for a Fortune 500 big company located in New York City. Mm-hmm. She's over age 65. Her husband's retired. He's also over age 65. Their adjusted gross income is less than $218,000. That's the income limit because she's got a plan at work. So the retired spouse can make a $7,500 IRA contribution and get a tax deduction, even though he has zero earned income of his own. Okay. Right. So that traditional IRA contribution lowers their income by $7,500, right, for the amount that they put in. And if they're in the 22% federal tax bracket, they just saved $1,650 in taxes for 2023. Okay, so he's dropping $7,500 into the contribution, even though he doesn't have earned income because he's retired. Where's he, where do you pull that from? Does it matter where he comes from that you put it in? Uh, well, you're putting it into the IRA, and it's right. typically simply just writing a check from okay. your checkbook right. know, from the cash account, if you will. Gotcha. Okay, that's and pretty And cool. just shifting it from... The pocket where the money is in the checking account mm-hmm. to the pocket where the money is called an IRA. And getting that little tax um, contribution on lower or lower in the uh, income, as you just pointed out. So that's pretty cool. I like that. So if they were a younger couple where one spouse stays home for several years to raise children, you could do the same thing then theoretically, right? And this could really add up. Absolutely. Just think of you know 10 or 15 years 
of deductions that are for and that are tax deferred, mm-hmm. right? right? And go on, and then you know when they re-enter the workforce, and many people do. That's a nice nesset egg that keeps growing and growing and growing until they're required to take the money out when they hit uh, age seventy-three. Yeah, I mean that's a really good way to shore up the you know saving for retirement when one party does leave the workforce for a number of years, you know, usually due to children. So that's a good way to kind of keep. Uh, pumping that in there and growing that. It's good advice for the children of people who might be in their 50s and 60s as well, right? If you're starting to have kids of your own, things of that nature. Uh, any other benefits with the uh, spousal IRA for retirees or pre-retirees? Yeah, you know, here's another benefit uh, of the spousal IRA for people who are over age 65. Uh, a lot of people at that age are getting hit with this Medicare Part B premium surcharge, the so-called Irma. Oh yeah, our Aunt Irma. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the one we talk about mm-hmm. where they ding you for extra Medicare Part B premiums if you hit a certain income, right? So the seventy-five hundred dollar contribution for the tax year of twenty twenty-three brings down the adjusted gross income. Actually, it's based on something called the modified adjusted adjusted gross income. They have to make it more complicated, of course. Right? Right. Right. So the IRA contribution may keep your Medicare premium lower because it lowers your income. Nice. Another good tip. Um, how does this work with Roth IRAs? Yeah, that's another great question. There are a lot of people who don't want to take the traditional IRA tax deduction mark for 2023, since at some point when they need to take the money out of the IRA, you know, now it's age 73. They need to pay taxes on the money they take out, the so-called required minimum distribution. So for those people, they might want to make a, a Roth IRA contribution instead of a traditional IRA contribution. The same contribution limits apply. It's either $6,500 or $7,500. But with a traditional IRA, you get a tax deduction now and pay the taxes later, right? Mm-hmm. With the Roth IRA, there's no deduction now, but the money grows uh, tax-free in the account as long as you live and for your heirs, and there's no required distribution at age 73. So people like that a lot. There's also something called a non-deductible IRA contribution for those over the income limits. I don't see too many of those. It gets a little complicated in terms of working out the benefit for that. But keep in mind, for all of these spousal benefits, you need to file a joint tax return, which most people do anyway. That's a good point. Yeah, most of us, I think, when you're married, you typically file uh, married jointly. So uh, you mentioned the age where you are required, our, our buddy, Uh, Mr. RMD, to take out money out of the IRA, which is now 73. So here's a question. Can you still make an IRA contribution after age 73 when you are required to be taking those distributions? Yeah, actually, you know, it's a good question. You can. That's a new rule. Okay. Okay. Congress made a change a few years ago in the SECURE Act. We talked about that many times. That allows for a contribution to the IRA after age 73, if you're, you know, of course you have to have the earned income, you or your spouse needs that earned income. So it, it seems like kind of a weird thing, like a contradiction, right? You might be getting a tax deduction for the money going in to the IRA, the contribution, and paying a tax on the distribution because of that RMD age. Mm-hmm. So it gets, and also sometimes people make these charitable contributions from their IRA mark. 
the so-called QCDs. Mm -hmm. And this gets a little weird, a little complicated if you're making a charitable contribution from your IRA when you're 73 and making a contribution. So that requires a little bit of work to see if it's really worthwhile. All right. Got you. Good points there for sure. Yeah. Cause many people do like the QCDs uh, if they don't need to take care, uh, you know, use the money that they have to withdraw from an RMD. But if you're doing kind of both, that could get a little wonky. So definitely make sure you're talking with a qualified uh, professional there. Any other points to consider? Yeah. We spoke about the income limits to making the uh, deductible IRA contributions, Mark. Mm -hmm. But that's only for people or spouses with a retirement plan at work. So think of it this way. If you have no retirement plan at work, mm -hmm. there's no income limit to the $7,500 or $6,500 tax deduction. Hmm. So you could be making any income, still qualify for that. But for those people, they're typically self-employed, Mark. Gotcha. And a better option is either a solo 401k or a SEP IRA. This SEP IRA stands for a Simplified Employee Pension Individual IRA. So at the maximum traditional IRA deduction I mentioned is only either $6,500 or $7,500. The maximum SEP IRA deduction is either 25% of the compensation, but it's up to $66,000. Wow. And that's definitely so we, obviously for like self-employed, like you said. Right. So it's a really major, major bulked up deduction. And with that deduction, you can actually make the contribution if you file extensions by October 15th of 2024 and still qualify for the 2023 tax deduction. Nice. Yeah. And got, got to love your accountant loves the, the extensions, right? As a CPA, you're like, yeah, <laughs> all extensions. Uh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Any other Valentine's gifts or well, tax gifts you can think of? You know, two that come to mind are something called the long-term care uh, tax deduction and the health savings account deduction. But I think we need uh, to save that for another show because it gets pretty in-depth. Yeah, probably a good idea. So I guess the final, you know, Valentine's gift would be to share this podcast with others who might benefit from it and uh, want to do a little tax deduction or tax planning uh, for their honey bunny, whatever that might be. So reach out if you got some questions, folks, as always. Make sure you're talking with a qualified professional. As I mentioned, Don is a CPA and a CFP, uh, and he's been helping families for many years get two and three retirement. So make sure you're talking with a qualified pro before you take any action on something here on our show or any others. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to our show, Your Money and Your Life, and that way you can catch new episodes. When they come out, you can temp, uh, simply type that into the search box of whatever app you like to use, like Spotify or Apple or, or uh, YouTube. Just type in Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash, or you can just go to his website and find it that way, donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com, and also gets yourself onto the calendar. My friend, thanks for breaking it down. Uh, good tips for tax savings, but don't forget that maybe the flowers and the chocolate as well. Absolutely. Do that first. Yeah. And we'll see you next time right here on Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.